a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We may have found the one area where former President Donald Trump and current President Joe Biden actually have a lot in common. In fact, not just a lot in common, they actually might be in total agreement. What is it? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. I know most people think that the uh, current president and the former president would have uh, nothing in common ever, ever, ever. Uh, but I think we found the area where they do have some common ground and some common interest, and that is that they are both frustrated, even hostile towards the press, uh, calling reporters' names, declaring their questions as stupid or ignorant. And so it's an interesting thing to, to see. Of course, yesterday there was a little bit of a brouhaha when uh, one of the uh, Fox reporters, Peter Ducey, asked the president uh, about uh, inflation and the impact that that might have on the upcoming midterm election. Uh, Mr. Biden, in a hot mic moment, and I will just repeat my guidance to every person ever, every mic is an open mic, every device is a recording device. Uh, President Biden forgot about that, and his mic was hot. It was open on Monday. Uh, He used a little bit of profanity uh, in declaring Mr. Ducey very stupid uh, during an event at the White House. And very interesting to me, was that uh, so after Peter Ducey from uh, Fox News uh, had asked this question, again, a very germane, very straightforward question, no gotcha, no snarky, no no cynicism, uh, just a straight question about inflation and the impact it would have. Uh, CNN's Jake Tapper uh, was on the airways uh, late night on Jimmy Kimmel, and he actually defended Peter Ducey and said it was inappropriate He said, I don't think any president should be calling any reporter what the president called Mr. Ducey. Uh, He said that Ducey's question was fair and and done properly. So the interesting thing to me is, is both presidents, 45 and 46, have just taken umbrage with the press. So just for a little feel and flavor of that, here's a little montage of President Joe Biden and some of his frustration with the press. Ask the right questions. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? 
Go back and read what I said. Why, 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 you're getting nervous, man. That is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got in the in the journals because you like to write. I want to talk about happy things, man. What do you do all the time? So when did I say I was confident? I said, I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Would, don't Who said that? that? You don't understand that in your own business. Can I ask you a quick question on Israel before you drive? No, you can't. So <laughs> Not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. I see you can ask okay? a number of obnoxious questions. Don't screw around with me. Let's get it straight. You can use a rape reference? No, let me listen to me. All right. It's uh, just a little montage there of some of the frustration and outbursts from President Joe Biden relating to the press. And, of course, the uh, in, mid-no- in mid-December, the White House team uh, did a full court press on the press uh, complaining about the coverage that President Biden has been receiving, uh, saying that it was negative, that it was unfair. And, uh, of course, uh, that's not uncommon for a, a White House team to want to defend their boss that way. Uh, now let's go back to uh, President Trump. During his years in office, uh, he also had a bristly relationship with the press and often attacked the press. What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Honestly, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let would me be ask much you better. I'm going to continue to attack the press. Look, I find the press to be extremely dishonest. Why don't you act in a little more positive? It's always trying to My get you. My question to you Get is- you, get you. And you know what? That's why nobody trusts the media anymore. My That's question why to you, people, how is that going to impact? Excuse me, you didn't hear me. That's why you used to work for the Times, and now you work for somebody else. Quiet, quiet, quiet. See, he lied about he was going to get up and ask a very straight, simple question. So I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Be nice. Don't Mr. President, my question don't is... Don't be threatening. I just don't respect her as a journalist. I have no respect for her. I don't think she's very good. I think she's highly overrated. Over the course okay, of... Okay, just sit down, please. So there you have it. Between the last two presidents, uh, we should remember that the presidency and the press have had a long, turbulent, and often troubled relationship. So this is not new. Presidents have agendas, and most have an inherent need to be liked. Presidents like to be liked. A lot of people in public office like to be liked. Uh, the press has a purpose to report, to shine a light, uh, free from from bias and an agenda, and provide that transparency and accountability. Both should be centered in truth and what's best for the American people. And so while the presidents and the press aren't likely to agree on whatever it is, balanced budget or whatever principle or fair reporting, uh, they should agree on the importance of the difficult dance that they have to do together. And the need, I think the important thing is the need for mutual respect. I think that's what President Biden missed yesterday. Uh, Now, it should be noted that uh, a lot of presidents have railed against the press in the past, uh, even in unbecoming and unnerving ways. Uh, Far from unprecedented. uh, If you compare it back to John Adams, for example, uh, the president's actually quite understated in dealing with the press. Remember, It was John Adams that signed the Sedition Act into law in 1798 because he was fearful of foreign influence in the young nation. Uh, Of course, that law was uh, prohibiting the press from criticizing the government. Now, fortunately, Thomas Jefferson corrected that and got that erroneous approach to the press uh, changed in 1800. 
So the reality is presidents from both parties have struggled in their relationship with the press. Uh, just some quick examples. President Obama regularly called out the conservative press as a propaganda machine. George H.W. Bush uh, often bristled at what he felt were very unwarranted uh, scrutiny and attacks from the press. Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon, uh, they had a different approach. They often resulted to bullying and punishing uh, those in the press who were critical. And very interesting, uh, Bill Clinton and Ronald Reagan, while often frustrated with the press, they maintained a pretty positive approach, at least uh, in their public settings. So the relationship between an occupant of the White House and the press, uh, sadly, I think we have devolved into just contempt. Uh, because if they don't agree with you, if they're not reporting just the good stuff, uh, then then they're angry, frustrated, and, and going to attack the press. And we have to remember that these first freedoms, the First Amendment, is so vital to our nation. And we can't have presidents having contempt for the media uh, while uh, we're, we're missing so many of the things that we need to have conversations about. Uh, the press also has a role to play uh, in being honest and fair and straightforward. Uh, my feeling is that you can talk about just about anything. It's how you do it that, that actually match, matters. Uh, we've also seen things like the uh, the White House press briefing. It's supposed to be a question and answer session about the president's agenda and activities of the day. Uh, it's not supposed to be about reporters grandstanding uh, or about the press secretary either, by the way. It was not intended uh, to be some sort of cable news cage match of contempt. And so the, the thing we have to get to and understand is... The president doesn't own the First Amendment, and the press does not own the First Amendment. The people who own that is we the people. And so what we do with it, how we engage with it, uh, and how we consume it matters. And we're going to talk more about that coming up in terms of disinformation and ways that we the people can make sure we're holding presidents and the press accountable. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.